Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. We made it. We made it to Friday. That was the longest, most complicated week in the entire planet, and we made it to Friday. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. Um, we're joined today by the amazing Andrew Laufer, who's a Woo! civil rights lawyer, who many of you know from Twitter, a Twitter uh, phenomenon, I would say. And of course, Eric yeah. Garland is here, and Lincoln's Bible is here. That was a bit of an exhausting week, I'd say. I'm a little exhausted after that one. Oh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm not sure. But it, it looks delicious. <laughs> it looks refreshing. It has refreshment in it. I can tell you that. And I think, oh, can you hear the footsteps? That's the silent one. Silent one. Thank you. Well, you're at home, so if you get roofied, you should be okay, right? I mean, uh -huh. yeah. wow. You went there. Otherwise, check your drink. <laughs> but when you're, hey, quarantine, quarantine is, you know, you're not in there. So it's always, that's always okay. Just to uh, make sure Andrew knows, where we're, this is a Friday show, so we have a very loose sort of no format format. Um, but I, I may have to I'll, grab the scotch at this point. Yeah, go for it. You know, it's, uh, absolutely. That's what this show is about because everyone needs needs to relax at the end of the week. LB, you had a great summary earlier on when we were talking on the phone about um, about how the week started and then the week ended, and then there's more. Oh. Uh, something about uh, so the week started yeah. with Manafort turning out to be an intelligence asset, basically. Oh yes. I can't believe it's all been in oh. one week. Yeah. So in one week, we learned, you know, that Paul Manafort is he's a Russian intelligence asset. Likely, and we knew he possibly. Was, we knew he was working with oh. the Kremlin and yeah. everything was um, exactly as it appeared to all of us, mm -hmm. you know, four years ago when we were all screaming about it. And, um, and so, yes, so very Kremlin, you know, Manafort in the Kremlin. And then we find out Bannon is a fraud. Yeah. So you got a, a oh, campaign chairman oh, and then the campaign CEO of Donald Trump, both uh, both being caught up in a little bit of trouble at the start of the yeah, week. Gosh. We had uh, Manafort turning out to be a, a Russian spy, yeah. and then and then Top at the end of the week, people. there's Bannon. Well, I have a question right now, actually, for Andy. So, is yes. some of the stuff that came out in the Senate Intelligence Report can it seems like there's more crimes in there, Andy? So it seems like you know, it's a never ending reservoir of felonies. You know, think of it like <laughs> as you so many geyser of, of crime um, that just spewed forth and we were too close. It's everywhere. I mean, it's chock full of it. Forget all the um, nonsense, you know, political stuff at the end that, you know, Rubio and his, you know, crew there say, oh, there's no collusion. I mean, you know, the collusion, first off, it's such a misnomer that it's not even. Yeah. It's not part of a criminal statute. There's clear conspiracy here. There's clear intent to defraud the United States of America. Um, you know, there's, there's, these guys are all done. I mean, as soon as Biden gets sworn in, not, you know, he's going to let his DOJ do what they need to do. He's not going to be involved in any of that. And it's just, it's going to be a field day. You know, they're going to say, it's going to be so much. They're going to be sending their first year 
you know, uh, associates at DOJ to, to, to prosecute these guys because it's just going to be so many crimes. It's, it's it crazy. It seems like it's even happening before the election. I mean, it seems like there was just this indictment that came down today. Uh, Eric, you, you know a lot about that one um, involving a, a Russian uh, businessman, I guess, slash spy. Well, this is this is an American citizen mm -hmm. uh, who served in the United States Army and became a member of the Special Forces and was a witting agent for uh, the Russian intelligence services starting when he was 21. His mother is Russian. Uh, he goes over age 21 and uh, gets betrothed to the daughter of a, a Russian military uh, officer and uh, comes back and basically uh, en enlists in the United States armed forces on false pretenses, joins the special forces and uh, betrays his country, betrays his, all his oaths, uh, betrays his uh, top secret clearance. Basically, every everything we ever entrusted in the guy. He, the whole time, I mean, starting in 1996 uh, through damn near present day, he was working for Russia the whole time. Doing the what kind of things? Day. What was he doing? He he was uh, the, the worst kind of espionage. Where he was not only was this uh, Mr. Dobbins uh, was he disclosing what kind of operations they were doing in his he was first in the chemical unit and then a green beret yeah. um so he was described he was describing what kinds of uh, equipment they had what kind of operations they went on and more than that he disclosed the profiles of his fellow service members to russian intelligence with the hopes of recruiting them mm. for russian espionage and the language at the national security division couldn't have been any stronger. They said, they said you take, speaking how long this week is, it's Trump era time dilation where <laughs> five days, it's like, you know, just so much has gone on. They said bookend this week where you start with the indictment of Ma for China and this nutsack over here for Russia. This tells us we cannot sleep on our two, I forget if it was vicious or most, whatever, our nastiest adversaries. Russia and China. So mm. blooms off the rose. Let's cut the shit, guys. Russia and China are basically at war with us, and yeah. uh, they've been they have been for for years uh, through espionage. And this really is not what's up. Yeah, I think they have those really nice yachts. So <laughs> they do. I was going to say, what did Director Ray say about how often FBI institutes a new? A new counterintelligence investigation against uh, you know Chinese uh, Beijing asset. Look, you you was, like, you're an attorney loss. and you know more about prosecution than I do. But he said one case every ten hours. Is that a lot for us? I mean, I, from my persp perspective, I heard it was a lot. But what do you think? Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. One pretty much ten hours. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So we know what we're dealing with here. Um, we were gonna a spend brand a new time. one since breakfast. Like you had your nut and honey, you got your coffee, and since somewhere between now and then, they opened a brand new counterintelligence case against China. And you know, you're gonna go home, you know, finish your cocktails, get some dinner, go to sleep, wake up, there'll be a second one. I mean, that's kind of and, and when do we think they started the one on Steve Bannon? I don't know how long has he been unable to sleep with women. 30, 40 years. <laughs> I want to talk term, a lot about Steve Bannon today. There's I'm another obsessed. term. The what's the term? LB the, the great what horde? The great horde of oh, the unfuckable horde. 
The unfuckable horde. What is that? I don't know. When did he join that? When did he join that legion in his three polo shirts? Because as long as you're in the great unfuckable horde, you can be recruited. I don't know that he. I don't know that he joined it. I think he's the Pied Piper back from his IGE days. His whole thing mm -hmm. was to get into gaming chat rooms, get into sort of unearth people, right? Go find recruiting, um, recruiting, but but more like unearthing and then putting putting profiles into buckets and then starting um, his radicalization campaigns. You know what we should do? We should go back to the very beginning. Let's go to the very beginning of the Steve Bannon story, shall we? Let's go to the time. Make his mother and father never meet or have sex? That Stephen Bannon <laughs> was also involved in the Iran-Contra hostage crisis. It's an interesting story. He was a, a member of Fucking the US spy. Navy. Sorry. He was that too, but he was a member of the US Navy. Um, and uh, I'll be, uh, I've got a little great clip from the Washington Post actually that I can play to explain some of this. So let me do that. And then uh, your microphones are on as we watch this, but it'll explain to you how Steve Bannon began his illustrious career. He was on a Navy destroyer as a navigator and a lieutenant junior grade um, when that ship went to the Gulf of Oman, shortly before there was a rescue mission of 52 uh, hostages being held in Tehran. Good evening. The U.S. Embassy in Tehran has been invaded and occupied by Iranian students. Bannon has said that he really wasn't political till he got in the Navy and watched the Iran hostage rescue mission fiasco. Eight of the crewmen of the two aircraft which collided were killed. And several he wasn't there when it actually happened. He was sort of on the edge of it, but he had seen things building up. Uh, he was near um, the Nimitz, which was the supercarrier on which the helicopters were to launch for the rescue missions. Well, according to his shipmates, um, Steve Bannon was very deeply affected and angry that President Carter, the president at the time of the failed um, Iran rescue mission, that he was upset with the way things went down. The eight service members were killed. The hostages were not rescued by Jimmy Carter. And this was also in the post-Vietnam era. According to one of Bannon's friends, we quote in the story, um, Bannon saw, you know, sort of an antipathy towards the military, was upset by that. From, he, he was actually in the Naval Reserve for like three years in the late 70s and then joined the Foster in 78 as a navigator. And, and so what that meant was he was privy. If you look at those positions, and I'm no expert, but I've looked at this. <laughs> You're an expert. Right? Uh, but if you, in those positions, um, they're sort of mid-level officers that are privy to the highest level classification because the navigator is the one that has to know where they're going and often why. Whereas, so something that's sort of a more covert mission um, that maybe the rest of the crew doesn't know, you know, where you know where we're headed, but we'll follow our orders. Bannon would have been uh, so the lowest officer with the captain, everybody in a in a in a tighter little circle of of information knowing where it's going to go so you'd be cutting yes. on threat assessment as well okay. you're cutting on it all and so so we do also know in this era out of out of the soviet union we have quite a bit of uh, of stuff from them and there are several cases and examples that they really did target these uh big naval ships the navigators it was sort of like a you know you could get you could get the information you if you targeted certain people that weren't maybe have been in the service all that much longer, maybe had, a, you know, we're a little bit, whatever, I, I, you know, a fit a profile. And certainly his, 
his shipmates who remember him say that he was very political, that he always talked about wanting to be into politics, that he didn't really want to get his hands dirty, that he was kind of, you know, elitist uh, amongst them. And um, they didn't like him. They called him obnoxious. Several of them called him an obnoxious person. So this is the Iran hostage crisis, right? So Carter has these hostages. Uh, and the foster is going to be sent in on a mission to try and save uh, these hostages, to try and rescue them. And the mission goes horribly badly. Uh, eight, eight crewmen are killed, I believe, in a helicopter crash. And some, and then there's some sort of uh, the foster. The foster turned around. Right. right of the Nemitz. So the, the Nemitz was the other one that the the aircraft right. came off. But he was in the periphery of that, which is what they're about to get to in that little piece that I was playing. And and something happened within our uh, naval intelligence where the Foster was supposed to go and be part of this and they had prep, been prepping and something happened and they were like, get out, get the Foster out of there. They, they turned around mm. uh, and Banner was really angry about that. And he talks about that and he talks about disillusionment with Carter and all this stuff. But whatever whatever the, fi the files that we have on that, you know, the, they're, they're missing. So um, the, the official documents around the Foster's role in some of this, um, I, and I have to look at that more carefully too, but it, it's in this Washington Post article that everybody can read. Um, they're just gone, <laughs> poof, right? The, those files are gone. So who knows what it was that had them pull the Foster, foster out of the out of the. But mission. it could have been some sort of security breach within within yeah. the ranks of that, uh, of, of that crew. Um, he goes back to the Pentagon, spends a few years there, and then um, leaves ultimately, because I don't think there was much more of a career for him there. But it's interesting that his sympathies always seem to lie with Reagan. Like he was never, he didn't, he was very critical of Carter. He was very unhappy with the way Carter was handling things. And if you remember, Reagan uh, pulled off this incredible election, uh, election night, uh, or I think it was inauguration day, actually, um, release of these, high, of these uh, hostages. And Carter was, you know, played along very nicely. But um, it's certainly yeah. a very interesting set of events. Um, which, which make you look at Bannon differently. Yeah. Um, it led into Iran-Contra. It was the October surprise, a very famous thing, and wrapped around in conspiracies, but also there's a lot of evidence. So it's one of those weird moments in our in our history. In our but he, you can sort of see that he starts off as a political guy, even though he's in the military, and that just booms. Yeah. He told one of his colleagues before he left the Pentagon that he wanted to return one day as the Secretary of Defense. He didn't quite do that, but he certainly returned as a senior advisor. Um, Eric, you had some breaking news, I think. Is that correct? Well, this one's going to be uh, to interest of LB. Apparently, um, a Pecker is out as head of AMI. Hmm. Oh. Well. Not that surprising. But there was he was cooperating, right? Wasn't he? Something's coming for him. <laughs> I would say something's on the horizon there. Let's see what happens. Just a thought. Wasn't he uh, cooperating with the uh, with at least Mueller at some point? He was cooperating, but I don't know if he's. Do mobsters ever really cooperate though? Isn't a real mobster yeah. gonna be like, yeah, 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 I'll tell you, I'll cooperate, I'll tell, I'll tell you, right? Pecker with the uh, that safe, that incredible safe of all that uh, compromise, right? Um, mm -hmm. That he, we never know what will happen. Some of it may even contain some Trump compromise people to suspect. 
Nah, nah, Trump has no compromise. <laughs> it, did, it did actually confirm with the investigation in that intelligence report this week that there is really was compromise. Um, which the is guy's a walking disaster area, literally, yeah. just a walking disaster area. I know. I, I just don't. I don't know how we're going to quite get rid of him. I'm not sure he's going to leave by on his own, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know what? We'll evict him. I'm not even worried about that nonsense. It, it, you know, Biden will win. He's out in January, and it's all—it's all just you know gaslighting nonsense, yeah. and I, there's nothing we need to worry about with regard mm. to that. We—I should mention, although we'll talk about it later on—that Biden was phenomenal last night. Yeah, he was. He, like, he, he was his best speech I think he ever gave in his life. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, electrifying, really, and just the the theme of it—the light and dark—you know—it's just is the theme of this of our age, and it's also. The battle we're in, we're in the battle between good and evil, it seems like, you know, who would have thought that this is where we would land up, but this is where we are. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's playing out in real time uh, in front of us. And he is the perfect leader, I think, for this time. And uh, Kamala Harris, of course, also incredible, incredible choice there awesome. as vice president. Um, she's amazing. She'll be president one day. Oh, yeah. She, she could have a 12-run term here if, she's, if she plays everything well. You've met her a couple of times, haven't you, Andrew? Yeah. I have. She's she's phenomenal. She's short, but she's like full of energy. It's incredible. She's just mm -hmm. an amazing, you know, powerful, smart, strong woman, and 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 very 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 likable. I had a really good conversation with her, and she's just can't you know just very excited about you know her being VP and 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 uh, and just seeing what happens in the future. Yeah, they're going to be a, a really strong powerful uh, administration and uh and we haven't had one that's actually been functioning for a long time so it's going to be nice hopefully we can get it through and we will but let's get uh let's get back to ben the next thing bannon does what does he do we went to harvard business school okay um and had some friends in there sorry guys i have my allergies so my nose is itching um and then from harvard business school he went to goldman sachs Right, right into Goldman Sachs. He, he was in mergers and acquisitions there in the beginning, which, which in specializing in hostile takeovers. So that's an interesting <laughs> um, uh, desired skill set that he went in and gathered. And then he then was like, we got to get into comms, right? And because these cell phones were coming out, we're going to have cell phone technology, we're going to have signal technology, let's get into that. So he, he says, and these are things he takes credit for, so who knows, but he says that he's the one who really pushed Goldman Sachs to get in on the Qualcomm stuff. So that was, Eric will love that little tidbit. You know, it's interesting that he intersects with Hong Kong because of China, as we've discussed before. Yeah. And he went over there for to such do... a staunch opponent of China to hang out oh, yeah. in Hong Kong. Yes, horrible, horrible. He really doesn't like China. Um, he he really China. doesn't like China. So it, you know, he goes there and he does this gaming thing, right? He, he they, there's an right. illegal <laughs> gaming operation there. Well, it seems to be illegal uh, that they were well, charging. Yeah, that happened when he left Goldman Sachs. He went into his private. He started um, Bayon and Company, which was his private investment firm, um, and started gathering up clients. And so that he was out here anyway in Montevideo, this sort of thing in Beverly Hills, and started getting really interesting money. Like if you're going to leave Goldman Sachs and they're not sending you with money um, to start some branch of something, you gotta. You got to raise money. You got to get clients, or you got to raise money to start investing. And yeah, uh, and so you just really need one. You just really need one client. You know, like a like an intelligence service or something. 
That that would be a perfect call. <laughs> yeah, something like that would be would be ideal, as it turns out. <laughs> well, he went right for Japan, right? Oh. He went right for Japan. He got money out of Japan. And um, so he just can't stay away from Asia. That's his place. Um, and some people were like, okay, Bana was a producer of films, or he had the Seinfeld stuff. You know, he gets those EP credits because he was able to pull off some kind of financing. So whether it was a bridge loan or, you know, some, some, there's all kinds of ways that entertainment properties get financed out here. And so he was into the creative ways of doing that and buying up libraries and, um, you know, bridging shit. And so you end up with this EP credit. That's why you'll, people will sort of see these producers with all these credits and think, oh, they're really big and powerful. And it's like, no, they just, you know, have dirty money and they're throwing it into these films and getting the credit. So that's sort of, he did that, but he also did make his own propaganda films. And he tried to write screenplays. Oh, you guys, I really did have a moment where his screenplay came to me and they were- What? Yes, this is years ago, years, years and years ago, very yeah. early. I mean, that, that, was, yeah, that's just a natural progression. You go from Wall Street to making propaganda films. I yeah, mean, that's it's, right. It's a no yeah. idea. There's nothing espionage. There's, there's not not <laughs> spy-like at all, right? Stuff. I thought that's the propaganda spy. films well, came on. later, was, actually. LB, was was he, were these great scripts? I mean, we, I, we do not well, want to make fun of his life. art. It was, so, it was so awful. It was so awful. And I was really, I was young. So, um, but I, I, ha I do have my gig, the thing that I do is I do the un, the impossible shit. So what, and usually it's not someone's script. It's like a book that's hard to adapt or something like that. But um, it's like coming in and fixing stuff, right? That is gonna die anyway, but they do throw a lot of money at people like me to fix shit. And this was un, it was unreadable. Mm. I, I, it's the word, it stuck with me so that when he showed up, I was like, is that that fucker that wrote? <laughs> Everyone was so surprised that he had this career, right? That he was able to to become the senior advisor to the president of the United States. When did uh, Len, Len Blavatnik enter the picture for? Uh... Uh, okay. uh, well, Blavatnik is interesting because I don't know how. It's weird. Um, what, 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 what? I mean, it's money laundering, so it's not weird in that sense. We can understand it, but how those dots got connected, I'm not certain. Um, I'm going to guess it was through Quatnitz in the firm, and this was all the ventures that um, that Bannon had out here. But Bannon also had another great big client while he was trying to be a producer, and he was trying to be a screenwriter, and he was having all this money and investing shit. And it was that Prince, um, always uh, in Talal. It was the same guy right. that bailed Donald Trump out. Um, he got a shit ton of money into his firm that he managed for that for that Saudi guy. Now the so, uh, uh, he, he's also the yeah. owner or a big investor in Twitter and in Fox News, I believe. Mr. Talil is, yeah, I believe. He, 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 he divested from uh, Fox in, in in late 2017. Okay, oh, yeah. like about six months after I called Fox a, a, in a, a political warfare operation from foreigners and got made fun of by the MSM, but the Saudis owned 30% of that at the time that they were yeah. making fun of that. Just thought I'd throw that. He there. also owns the majority of Twitter right now, I believe. He's still the, 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 okay. the largest shareholder in Twitter. So, uh, well, Bannon used to manage his money, yeah, and everybody so. needs to remember that. Yeah. Um, he had a, shit, had a shit ton of this guy's money in the mid-90s, right at the same time that this guy was also, this sheik was also, uh, or prince, whatever the hell he is. He I mean, he's also, one of the richest men in the world. Why would he give Steve Bannon all his money? 
to manage, or even some of his money. Why wouldn't he give Steve Bannon all his money? Well, I mean, Steve Bannon was like a, a, a bad scriptwriter, you know? It's like, yeah, right? I mean, well, what would was, you could go to anybody, you could choose any gun in the world, you go to Steve Bannon. Here, Steve, take my fortune. Huh. Interesting. And he was out here and putting money into media properties and, mm -hmm. and trying to do like he they went to try to buy up the Warner Music Group, which they succeeded in doing that. That's a huge library. And the Prince, I guess we're going to pull him on that deal. It didn't happen. It ended up being Edgar, Edgar Bronfman. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that. Wow. The same guy that that Jeffrey Epstein managed his money that Ace Greenberg threw Edgar Bronfman. Oh. Jeffrey Epstein managed his money. Wow, it's such a small group of people. You it's just keep bumping into the same people, people over and over again. And we're coming to you, Eric Prince. We're coming to you. Don't you worry. Uh, you, we're getting to you today. So um, there's yeah. also a situation. There's a moment in time, I think. Uh, sorry, Eric, if you want to jump in, go ahead. I, I'm just going to. I think there was a moment in time. I just wanted time. to ask Andy's opinion. So what are the chances, just a, your your gut instinct, you know, that somebody falls into navigator's, you know, role on an aircraft carrier and or, uh, you know, part of Iran-Contra this and then and the goes in uh, Golden Sachs and up Hollywood where they suck and kind of aren't great at anything, but then uh, princes just give them all their money. Does I mean, it happens all the Okay, I'm I'm from Vermont. I don't know. You know, I I'm okay. gonna. You know, I'm a civil rights attorney right now. I'm gonna be a Olympic gymnast yeah. next. Month, you know, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, be a okay. millionaire okay. after that. Yeah, because someone's right. gonna give me trillions of dollars. Right. It just happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we know. Now we know. Thankful. Thankful. Oh, it was like that summer. I I had that. Okay, that was like that summer that I that I had that hedge fund uh, yeah. for all of Iceland. Okay, I remember it now. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly that. I was, a, I was a camp counselor. I was a policeman, and then I was a multi-billion-dollar hedge fund. Uh, <laughs> and I had I had a modeling agency, uh, and I, I I sold weapons. I made but, Teslas, and I was a screenwriter. Why are you saying espionage? Just, just, and I, I just happened to sell the country out. To Russia and China. Why do you find that I, espionage? I can't, decide, I can't decide whether or not I'm going to be a hair model or start my own space agency. It's one well, or the other. Why not both? You do both. Use You're right. to leverage the other. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. The money I use from the hair, getting... I will use with rocket ships. <laughs> I'm the rocket ships. There you go. <laughs> it's a well, it's good business plan. Pill, it's totally you know, no one's doing it. It's all planned out. I feel like it's there's a red line. pill, and I think the red pill, and all of a sudden I'll have superpowers. Yeah. Are you uh, sure? Uh, Anything's pill. possible. Uh, speaking of which, okay, Len, Len Blavatnik and uh, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, finish up. Go ahead. Oh, like, I was yes, just gonna so say. Sorry, Eric. Eric, do it. Do it. Oh no, my, my the theme here, the theme here that we've been talking about with Zuckerberg and you know uh, Elon Musk and now Bannon, there are all these masters of the universe who are fucking mediocrities. They're not good at anything except being owned by handlers because look everybody else the rest of us idiots right we have one maybe two careers that we're good at right like i i you know got the intelligence management consulting thing and also i was a bass player professionally 
um, you know, and, and played weddings and stuff like that. So I could go, I could make my living playing bass, I guess, uh, insofar as one can, but that's pretty much it. It's not, I'm not also going to dunk. I'm not going to be the center for the New York Knicks and, and have an aircraft company. Or anything. You're just, you're just not as guys, high achieving oh, as they I'm are. Logistics company, <laughs> a logistics company. I'm, have that. Logistics company and run a global logistics company. Yeah. <laughs> as George Carlin used to say, I'm a reasonably half-educated adult, and I've kind of landed on sort of a career and a half maybe. And these guys who have like, oh, we're doing... Banking, space travel, making all the movies, owning uh, every, the, the color blue and uh, four political parties. And uh, my house was financed by Kyrgyzstan. Right. And my lovely wife. And, they, and, they're, and they're morons. They can't write. They can't talk. <laughs> they, they don't look I like mean, they could get true. a date. And I don't like, know what, where? I don't understand her body parts. I may not ever touch her, but they gave her to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's what yeah, came that from. Never had sex. How do you know we're not having it now? Oh yeah, yeah. Anyhow, okay, so, so the picture's so becoming that, pretty clear. Um, then yeah, we get the Vatnik. The explain to people. This is something that I actually found. Um, is that through Harvey Weinstein and the Weinstein Company, so uh, Access Industries, which is um, which is Blavatnik's company. It does did put money into Weinstein, and Weinstein has output deals. He has distribution deals. This is all part of film financing and distribution. And if you get into the back end of stuff, right, and you sort of look at, okay, how's it? Where are the distribution deals being hooked up together? How is money maybe coming through one entity from one entity through another in, into another person? So, what I was looking at, I started with. All right, let me understand these fucking Steve Bannon propaganda films. Like, where's the money coming from? How are they getting distributed? Who's carrying that? And lo and behold, in all of this, I don't know if you have this, I was finding the Weinstein Company, and I was finding that right around the, uh, as a direct effect, and then I could find access industries and access access um, uh, uh, executives in there. I'm like, yeah, I didn't actually shit. get those uh, graphics, they're, but yeah, but I've seen them for sure. They're distributing his movies. Mm-hmm. The, and one of the, this movie here, by the way, is called Border War, The Battle Over Illegal Immigration. Um, so, uh, I say, everyone can thank Harvey Weinstein and Len Blavatnik for that crap. Well, there you Otherwise, go. Otherwise, nobody can see it, right? They can make it. He can put his money into making it. But who's going to pick this shit up? And where are they going to push it? How are they going to get it out there? How is it? What are the splits? You know, it, it's there's a whole business. If all this works out correctly, Harvey Weinstein and, ba and Bannon can reunite. Maybe they can reunite. Uh, hold on. Number three producer on, on this turn. Border War the Battle over the shittiest movie ever. David Bossy, the guy behind uh, right. Citizens United. This is a freaking spy ring. This is a spy money laundering. It's the spy whole money goddamn laundering. thing. The whole damn thing. <laughs> it gets, and, and we've why, only just... why is the why is the guy behind the freaking Supreme Court case? Why is he number three on this turdtastic movie? Why is well, this guy? This why was, was he the guy that first on the scene with Trump with Lewandowski? Why are all these assholes showing up? I know you're going to have to beep this out. I don't care. It's Friday after this week. We deserve it. It's fine. That, it's why fair, are these assholes fair. all showing up in the same 94 places? Like, yeah, because they're all working together for a greater goal. Eric, it's just a coincidence. All right, it's just <laughs> you know, life's a circle. Karma. Oh God, my good friend from college. Ring ding. <sighs> I, they, 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 you know. 
they, they use like the um, the secret that book on the Oprah Club, and oh, that's yeah. where I've gone wrong. <laughs> Man, you've got to just manifest <laughs> your manifest Cypriot is. bank account and your Maltese bank account and your Chinese uh, rented yacht. You just gotta and, and he didn't eat the he movies didn't, you want to produce. He didn't only stop at uh, you know Chinese you know uh, ba- you know fugitives from uh, you know MSS you know on their yacht and. Oh, oh, we're going to get there. That gets gets really interesting in just a little bit. There's so much criming going on. Um, But back in the the 2000s as well, uh, he also produced a film called The Islamic States of America. Sorry, he wrote it. At least he got it into development. It was never actually made. It uh, basically envisioned envisioned a, a United States taken over by Sharia law and uh, and what would happen in that event. Um, you know, you might say, here's, here's a little, this, if you guys can read this little opening uh, paragraph here. It's, it says, the iconic image of the U.S. Capitol on a pristine spring day, the dome glistening under an azure sky and brilliant sun. As the camera pulls in, we notice something strange, something not right. Old glory fluttering from its flagpole on the Capitol's portico looks different but we can't put our finger on it. As we pull in, we see why. Instead of stars and stripes, the crescent and the star. Three exclamation marks. Simultaneously, with this focus, we hear in a high-pitched chant, Allah Akbar, the Muslim call to prayer emanating from the capital itself. On the screen, in bold letters, the title, the Islamic States of America. Wow. Not propaganda. <laughs> so this is. Okay. Um, Did they make it? They never made. They never made it. Way better than what what was put in front of mine. I don't even think that would rate as tall. That was better than what you saw. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't see it. It's you know. So this is obviously this is Israeli kind of propaganda. This is kind of the Israeli mission in life to create this. Uh, you know, Muslim foe that really exists or doesn't exist, depending on who you are. Um, and this whole, you know, fear around Sharia law and why we get Laura Loomer and all of those crowd of fanatics out there. Oh, you know, this is all the yeah. same group of people. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I don't know who he's spying for in this case, but it sure feels funded like this Funded by is the Saudis. Funded by the Saudis. Funded by the, the Emiratis. Funded right. by the Malaysians. Mm-hmm. They're just swimming. This is our projection. It's there was never a they war in Islam. Find anyone who's maybe a little bit better at this than this guy. This is the best they could do. Was this? That's my question. Navigator. Someone else to write it. You know. I mean, so you, he, you would be surprised. It could be somebody else writing. It could be an, a Mossad agent writing it, or somebody else writing it. I mean, it could be anybody. It, it, um, it could be anybody writing it. But I mean, you would be surprised at how bad some of it is out here. I'm sure. Sure. So uh, he goes on to be Horrible. the senior advisor to the president of the United States after doing this. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. I guess Amazing. it makes sense. Well, <laughs> so then after all these, oh, after all these movies, <laughs> doing, then he does the IGE. Then he does the IGE. Okay. I got then my order wrong there. Then he does so he gaming. Bannon does the sucking decathlon. He's just the 10 different events <laughs> that he sucks in all the way. <laughs> To the center. This guy that's like president of all these sort of multiple companies going on, right? So he's got his fund. <laughs> plus, he's like president of this this gaming company that called Open Media, uh, served as CEO, based in yeah. Hong Kong. And the whole thing there, the whole scam there, that was a big scam too. But it was also about getting into the gaming community and seeing and 
fucking around with the people in there because getting into the, the message boards, right? Getting into that, the whole world was emerging of we're going to play on, uh, online, multiple users and have room chat rooms. And he was going in there uh, with this company and upselling people on, on you know, here, buy this air over here. You buy the magical swords and capes and the games and things like that, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, at the time... Data profiling. They were data profiling. They collected data. And it was yeah. illegal. According to this one article, it says these, there was one problem. The companies that owned and operated these fantasy games prohibited what IGE was doing and even yeah. considered it illegal. So there's another crime because, because he likes it. It's just a small crime. It's just light. It's a light felony. It's not. You know. Yeah. Probably worth billions of dollars. <laughs> That's a light felony. <laughs> <laughs> he, the oh, Bannon became the company's vice chairman. He became the company's oh. vice chairman for that one. So the, yeah. You know, I mean, that guy is a yeah. real character. So fast forward to uh, our more modern uh, crime that we've well, been don't looking. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, was I fast forward? I had you Breitbart. Oh yeah, Breitbart. Let's talk about Breitbart. I'm sorry, I don't have I don't have any supporting graphics for this, but we all know what Breitbart looks like, and I wish I had that photo, but we don't. Well, if you have a photo of a toilet that hasn't been flushed, then that's good. Enough. <laughs> You're hilarious. Netanyahu. The actual the pictures of Netanyahu oh. and uh, and Bannon. No, no, Andrew Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart in, okay. in 2007, but Bannon was a founding board member, so he was involved from the beginning. And then, um, and then when Andrew Breitbart died, uh, Bannon took over. I don't think people realize Netanyahu was there at the very uh, dawn of that great uh, media empire known as Breitbart. It was, so, uh, it Breitbart. was born in born in Israel, no. born in Israel. Um, and that Breitbart also helped start Huffington Post. Oh, interesting. Huh. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download.